Welcome back to another episode of I Hate Insurance podcast. I don't know what episode we're on anymore. We're we've got a lot, but no, we don't. Yeah, we don't have that many. We have like five. Okay, we're maybe on like five or six. Third yeah. this year. Everybody keeps saying you should do more. Mike Parker can't get his stuff together. So. Yeah, it's all me. It's all me. Okay. Well, what are we going to talk about today? All in one? I hate insurance because it's stupid. You know, everybody asks me questions now about the fundamentals of it, and it's real simple. I'm an insurance consumer, and you know about the boat claim we had with our friend Jake at State Farm. Yeah. And, you know, again, as a consumer, I was disappointed because they didn't help me. They always have some excuse or reason that, uh, you know, they can't help me, whatever it is. And... um you know, I was featured in this article in Demotech with some other guys, and I was looking at it, reading it, and there's a company called Palomar that writes standalone earthquake and flood in Hawaii. And there was an article that said how, because the houses burned down, they were going to try and return premium because obviously they don't have any exposure there was no flood there was no earthquake there was no volcano so you know they're going to return the insurance premium that hasn't earned yet and i think well that's what they should do anyway because the premium isn't earned and the exposure is gone now more than likely the insurance would have to request cancellation and they would get you know, I don't know what they pay for this standalone coverage. So in Hawaii, they buy homeowner's policy, and it excludes earthquake, volcanic, and floods. So they buy this company, Palomar, who I've heard of, but I don't know, provides name peril, kind of like flood, right? And I would go back and say that's more proof to me that the insurance industry has evolved in the wrong way. Right, carrier takes the premium. Whether it's your dog they don't want to cover anymore or flood or earthquake, they start excluding more and more. So a new product is designed to cover that on a standalone basis. You know, again, they're they're trying to do the right thing and but as an insured, you know, and your house is gone and they're calling for the government to come, you know, on T V and stuff right after the wildfire there. You know, their insurance carrier should go pay. They should show up. In life, you got to show up and do the job. You can't do half the job. Now, and buyers have to re- recognize that, you know, it's a bad strategy. Florida hasn't worked for 50 years, right? And Katrina in Mississippi, the difference between wind and flood, that was my first experience, and it was obvious to me that it's stupid, you got to do it right, and you have to show up and do the job. So, you know, when a storm comes or a fire comes, the insurance company should go there, and the insured should get big checks, not returned premium checks that they're going to look at and say, "The hell am I going to do with this? I got a couple of grand, and my you know million dollar house is burnt to the ground." Or in Florida, we fly around down there all the time. People still have blue tarps. They haven't been paid. The companies are bankrupt. It's a dumb, old-fashioned strategy. All-in-one policies where we as the insurance company, if we take your money, 
We do it right. You ensure the value, and we don't exclude wind, flood, you know, earthquake, all of the stuff that has evolved into being uncovered or sold as a separate policy. It's a bad strategy. So, you know, our all-in-one approach, whether it's homeowners, commercial property, all of that is, um, or liability insurance. You know, if you take a bar's money, you give them liquor liability, you give them assault and battery. Most policies now exclude assault and battery and an active shooter event or anything that, you know, again, it would be unusual, probably won't happen to you, but if it does, do you want to find out then that you have an exclusion? That's the wrong time. So the other thing that goes along with that was... The captive? Well, risk share, you know, deductibles. And the captive is kind of a, you know, another extension of risk share. But if you have a $500,000 house in Florida, you have a $50,000 deductible, which means how much is, you know, what biggest risk is your roof's going to blow off. And how much is a new roof on a half a million dollar house? $50,000. So again, that's old school approach. It doesn't work anymore. Just like when you went, you know, in the car in the car industry, when you crash and you go to the shop, they want to know what your deductible is so that they can help build that into the, the payment or the bid to help you out with your insurance company. That has now evolved into this homeowner's roofing thing. So, you know, the deductibles separate the insured's interest from the insurance company. And what we have to do is become partners. We've got to quit selling insurance and offer people a solution, an opportunity, um, and describe to them what the claim looks like, which, you know, if you have a, do you have, if you have a half a million dollar house and a mortgage, do you have $50,000 to come up with your roof portion? No. So they send out an adjuster. You know, and he goes back and fills out his report, and you have a deductible you can't pay. Oh, and normally you haven't insured to the right value, the you know cost to repair or replace per square foot. Should be five hundred, and you bought two hundred. So now that's another haircut. So, you know, as an insurance company, we don't allow that. That's why we talk to every insured. We talk to them about, you know, what they can't afford, and we throw deductibles out the window, or we try to. It's The industry doesn't like it. Banks and lenders don't really like it. The ones we talk to um, do accept it, and we're spending more and more time talking to lenders to get them to see the benefit. You know, it helps their borrower, and it fixes the house they loan money on. So, you know, instead of them paying the 50000 if they took 10% of the risk on a $50,000 claim, they would pay 10000 They probably have 10000 more than likely. I'm sure they can get that more than the fifty. And as an insurance company, you know, if they don't have the money in our agreement, we can loan them their deductible and become like a second mortgagee. Because you have to have a solution. You can't get to a point in a claim where you can't execute because somebody can't live up to their obligation. And, you know, risk sharing is how you do that. Your interests are aligned. Our goal is to fix the car, fix the roof, um, manage the lawsuit, you know, um, efficiently, not assign it to somebody else. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, the insurance industry has moved to outsourcing 
Every task is outsourced. Underwriting, claims, the lawyers, risk management. We as a company do that in-house as a partner with our insured. The more we can deal with them directly, the better we are. So now, now we go to the captive discussion. Captives are something that when insurance gets more expensive, people who pay a lot for insurance and have a lot of claims, they form captives. So, you know, to form a captive, you have to put a pile of money in it. You have to get it licensed. You have to have a captive manager. You have to have an actuary. You have to have reinsurance. You have to have a front company. There's all of these things that add to your cost. So, in my opinion, they're inefficient, and in most cases, they put the insured in a worse situation. They think they're improving it, they're upset, so they're willing to commit more capital, but they're, what they should be looking for instead of a bunch of people who provide services for a fee is a partner who does all of that in-house, and that's what we do, right? We have the lawyers in-house, we have the risk management in-house, our insureds are our best partner. You know, we shouldn't be telling them what to do. We should agree. Um, and, you know, basically everything has to be above the standard of care. You, know, you don't want to insure people who admittedly make drivers drive too long or won't remove wood piles from the side of their house and all of the stuff that, you know, as an underwriter, you should be looking at. You should know the risk. Um, you shouldn't take a risk and try and exclude assault and battery or exclude volcanic eruption in Hawaii, that, that's, to me, it's didn't start out as trickery, but today it is, right? Um, you know, so going back to the captives, people that look into forming those normally do it also for your tax benefit? Yeah, there's a tax benefit of $2.5 million if you jump through all the hoops, which one of them is is that you have to share at least 50. You can't just take your own risk 100%. You actually have to insure other people. And the brokers go out and place that reinsurance trying to achieve that tax credit. I always tell people, look, if you're doing it for the tax credit, you're, you, that's not the right motivation, right? The motivation is because your insurance got so high, now you think it's more than enough money and you want to capture that. And, you know, again, when, when we do our insurance, I share risk with Warren Buffett. I share risk with RLI and other reinsurers. I formed an insurance company because I hated insurance. I thought there was a better way, and I'm lucky to have been able to prove that. Now I hate reinsurers. So, you know, I would rather partner with my insureds. So when they're ready to form a captive... Now, I do it for them at no cost. There's no service providers. We already do it all. We have all of those things, and we're, that they're already included in our expense ratio. So if you want to take 50% of the risk instead of me giving it to reinsurers or 10% of the risk, whatever you want to take, you and me are the best partners because we're the decision makers. Right? Anytime you, you have a claim, and like in Hawaii or Florida, a claims adjuster goes out there, they're not a decision maker. They're a report provider, and they re-underwrite the business. They, you know, issue a formal report that in all of this crazy litigation actually ends up hurting the insurance companies and the insureds, and the lawyers make all the money. So, you know, like me, if I take your money, I'm going to go look at your damage, and we're going to 
attempt to do the right thing with it. If you're a good person, we can get to a, uh, an end that we all agreed to when we underwrote you. If, you know, you're a dirtbag, hopefully I never take your money because I, I know that you're, you know, not genuine and you're not giving me honest information and you're not letting me underwrite and form a partnership. You know, we don't sell insurance. That's Insurance is sold. You know, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of agents out there selling insurance based on price. But what we really should be selling is claims and execution on the claims. Now, if you're never going to have a claim, then buy cheap insurance. You should be buying, you know, but you, when you have claims, when you run a trucking company and you have accidents, you need to have a partnership with goals and a strategy that don't waste and don't overpay and don't feed the legal system, which is, you know, what, what the opportunity is. Through partnership, you can take control of this. Even in the worst case where we run over a blind lady in the crosswalk or people are injured, we can do the right thing. We can go pay it and not make people hire lawyers. But that has to be a plan and a strategy you talk about. And if you start a new trucking company, you've never had a claim, and you don't think you're ever going to have a claim because you're so good, I don't, I don't want to do business with you until you've kind of learned what's going on. So our virtual captive allows you really two options, um, you know, risk share, Number one, if you want to reduce your rate, decrease your premium like they want to with a higher deductible, you can take more risk. You have to be able to pay that portion of the risk. So if you say, well, you know, I, I, want, to, I want to form a captive, I say, well, you know, you don't have to form a captive. We basically have a virtual captive where instead of sharing that capital, that premium with Warren Buffett, we put it in your claims account, and that builds up over time so you can pay um, your portion of any claims and receive the benefit of a good partnership. If there's profits, Warren Buffett wants it, our reinsurers want it, why would you want it at no cost or the lowest cost? Because we have an expense ratio. The average expense ratio of insurance companies is close to 40, 35 to 40. Ours is 22. So... You know, if you're looking for efficiency, um, you want a low expense ratio. You don't want to add expenses to it. That just makes it harder to fix your problem. And then you want to have a good loss ratio. You want to have a good combined ratio. And again, looking at the AM Best book and history, you know, when I see companies go broke, I can look backwards and see that the numbers weren't good for them. And if they had, you know, some big event, they they would be in trouble. I think that covers the captive and the risk sharing. And oh, I did get a question from someone not related to, to insurance. But how many hours do you have now flying helicopters? About sixty-eight hundred. Sixty-eight hundred. I thought it was like four thousand. Dang, you've been flying a lot of races, huh? Been flying a lot, one or the other, almost every day. So, well, we'll try and do another podcast or two before the year ends, but next year we're going to do more than six or five. Oh, are you going year. to AO or you're not going to AO? Because you're going to be so. with me. But um, we need to do some with like JT and 
even Frank. Frank's right here. So, yeah. so but yeah, we'll do some with some of our longtime insureds. And if you guys have any requests on topics or if you want to be on the podcast, reach out to us on LinkedIn or any social networks or email us or call the office and ask for us. But we'll see you on the next episode.